Welcome to this week's Gold Dome Debrief, a weekly podcast covering the 2022 Georgia General Assembly session. I'm Adam Stevens. The buzz at the state capitol this week focused on crossover day. On Tuesday, dozens of bills were passed by either the House or Senate and sent for consideration to the other chamber. Later in this week's program, Taylor Ryman will take a closer look at this year's crossover day. But first, these are the week's headlines from this busy week at the General Assembly. Governor Brian Kemp signed a new mid-year budget plan which will give around 100,000 state and university employees a $5,000 raise. K-12 school teachers will receive a $2,000 raise. The mid-year budget includes a $1 billion tax credit for Georgians. The state Supreme Court named its successor to current Chief Justice David Namias, who will be stepping down July 17th. The court voted to promote Justice Michael Boggs to Chief Justice. Boggs held a position on the State Court of Appeals and was appointed to the Supreme Court by former Governor Nathan Deal in 2016. The House voted 98-73 to 73 along party lines to pass House Bill 1464, which would give the Georgia Bureau of Investigation the ability to investigate election fraud without an invitation from other officials. It would create extensive requirements for handling ballots and would only allow the State Election Board to accept private donations for election administration. It would also let people inspect paper ballots after an election. The measure moves to the Senate for more debate. Republican Representative Wes Cantrell promoted House Bill 842 on Wednesday, which would allow Georgians to decide the legislators' salaries. General Assembly members are considered part-time employees. They earn just over $17,300 per year, plus allowances of $247 per day spent outside the regular session working on legislative matters. Cantrell says that under this bill, their base pay would increase to about $35,000. This amendment would allow Georgians to vote to remove the General Assembly's ability to give ourselves a pay adjustment and would set our pay at 60% of the median household income in Georgia. It would also protect the General Assembly from ever becoming a full-time job and would ensure that we remain a citizen legislature. Cantrell and other supporters warned that if this bill was not carried out, then the legislature would soon be run by those who can afford to work part-time or desperately need the extra income. The bill passed the House, 136 to 33. Republican Senator Randy Robertson of Catula and Democrat Senator Lester Jackson from Savannah engaged in a heated debate over Senate Bill 504, which redefines what a bail-restricted offense means. Robertson recited, where the issues in society lie. In my 31 years of experience of dealing with individuals who are in jails and prisons, I can tell you the reasons that they are there come from the failure of the church, the failure of their homes, the failure in the streets, many, many failures that have nothing to do with the criminal justice system. Senator Jackson rebutted by asking Robertson if he truly knows anything about the African-American community. Senator, how many black homes have you lived in? How many black churches have you attended? How many addresses of your homes have been in African-American or black neighborhoods? The first vote of SB 504 failed, 24 to 28. But upon a second vote, it passed, 30 to 22. An oil made from marijuana to treat Parkinson's, seizures, and cancer is legal in Georgia, but difficult to buy. Under current law, it is illegal to sell to those who need it. Senate Bill 609 would allow a select few companies to receive licenses to sell medical marijuana products. 
but other companies believed this method to be flawed and unfair. It passed the Senate unanimously and is now in-house for consideration. On Thursday, the House voted unanimously to suspend the state gas tax. With the price of oil at or above $100 per barrel, gas prices for automobiles are at record highs. With the House already voting in favor, the bill goes to Governor Kemp for his signature. One of the more lighthearted bills of this crossover session was House Bill 1283, which allows a 30-minute recess period for students in kindergarten through fifth grade, and will not allow it to be taken away as punishment. Democratic Representative Demetrius Douglas from Stockbridge presented the bill for a second time, focusing on how important our youth is. If we don't take care of our youth, our tomorrow, we won't have anybody to give a raise to, and we will also help them in the health care department. So this is just the same simple bill. I just want to give my kids recess, uh, 30 minutes, and um, not take it away for punishment. Douglas passed his bill 155 to 12, with plenty of support from other House members. In total, more than 100 bills were voted on and approved by either the House or Senate on Tuesday. There were also some bills that did not survive crossover day. A Senate bill that would have banned ballot boxes did not receive a final Senate vote. Many Republicans pushed this bill as an addition to last year's election reform law. And another failed bill would have seen the Public Service Commission work with private industry to broaden charging stations for electric vehicles. Crossover Day in the Georgia General Assembly is one of the most important days on the legislative calendar. Taylor Ryman explains why. In order to be signed into law, all bills must be approved by both chambers, the House and the Senate. Crossover Day is the last day for each chamber to get its bills passed and moved for consideration by the other. In order to pass this session, bills must pass a floor vote on or before Crossover Day. GOP House Speaker David Ralston opened this year's Crossover Day on a somewhat reluctant note. Welcome to Crossover Day 2022. I can't wait. I don't know about y'all. I've just been anticipating all morning and last night. Just, ugh. Lawmakers made a mad dash to get their bills approved by their committees in the days leading up to crossover. Crossover day was this past Tuesday, and the House passed a total of 60 bills, and the Senate passed 45. In past years, both chambers typically stayed past midnight voting on the remaining bills. But this year, the Senate adjourned at 10 p.m., and the House adjourned around 11 p.m. Many bills did not make it to a crossover day vote and are now considered dead. However, there are still ways that lawmakers can get their failed bills passed this session. Members can try to have their proposals approved by turning them into amendments on other bills. But this can only happen if the amendment is germane, meaning it's relevant to the main measure and changes the same law. We'll be on the lookout in the last weeks of the session to see if any dead bills are resurrected and sneak through as amendments to any bills still under consideration in either the House or the Senate. For Gold Dome Debrief, I'm Taylor Ryman. During this year's session, there are several bills focused on parent involvement in public schools and what is taught to students. Ambria Burton has an update. Critical race theory and obscene materials in public school libraries. These are the buzzwords around the Capitol. 
Senegal 377 would ultimately ban curriculum that would promote discrimination surrounding race, ethnicity, and skin color. The bill was passed by the Senate in a 32-20 vote on March 11. It had its first and second readings in the House this past week. The House Student Technology Protection Bill would push to ban obscene materials. It passed the House on February 24 in a 131-26 vote and was read by the Senate on February 28th. There has been no movement since then. One sticking point is controversy about defining what is considered obscene. There is a legal definition for obscenity, but Senate members want to create their own meaning for the term. The Parental Rights Bill is favored by Governor Kemp. It seems to be stuck right now. It would give parents the right to drive the direction of student education. The Senate passed the bill 33-21 to 21 on February 22nd and had its second read in the House on February 28th. It is before the House Education Committee, but no vote has taken place yet. The chairman has not called a hearing yet either. For Gold Dome Debrief, I'm Andrea Burton. One of the bills that failed to gain traction this session would have granted refugees in-state tuition to attend college. Aliyah McConnell explains what happened to the proposal. Since last year, nearly 1,700 Afghan refugees relocated to Georgia to flee the religious and political persecution by the Taliban, leaving behind their families, their homes, and their schools. But among the many steps they must take to reestablish their lives, many refugees aim to continue their education after resettling in Georgia, yet they often encounter a plethora of hurdles. HB 932 would have alleviated some of the institutional barriers that block newly settled Georgians from accessing higher education. The bill stemmed from a study by the House Global Talent Committee. It recommended that by rewarding them in-state tuition, these refugees can ultimately add to the workforce shortage in Georgia. Darling Lynch, co-chair of the Coalition of Refugee Service Agencies and head of external relations for the Center for Victims of Torture, says more than 40% of refugees and Afghan allies have completed high school or some college and are fluent in English. Lynch says passage of HB 932 could have fiscal benefits for the state. We see refugee families pass down family businesses, build on their Georgia education to become doctors and civil engineers, and even win elections to become members of this body. HB 932 is a small but smart investment in Georgia students and in Georgia's future. However, despite favorable review and bipartisan support from lawmakers, HB 932, along with HB 120, a bill targeted at DACA recipients, failed to cross over from the House chamber this past week. In a response submitted to Fresh Take Georgia, Lynch wrote, we are grateful for the leadership of Representative Wes Cantrell and to all the members from both sides of the aisle who spoke in favor of the bill, but the chair ultimately decided not to present the bill for a vote this year. Lynch insists that the work to maximize talent in Georgia's refugee and immigrant communities will continue. For Gold Dome Debrief, I'm Aaliyah McConnell. Thank you for joining us for this week's Gold Dome Debrief. This week's podcast was produced at Kennesaw State University by the Center for Sustainable Journalism and Fresh Take Georgia. Josh Azriel is the podcast news manager. Gary Green is the executive producer. Alex Guevara is the podcast editor. 
please join us next week for the next edition of Gold Dome Debrief.